In today's episode, I hope to outline both the uncomfortable reality of just how much fertility care costs in our country today, while also underscoring the need for better access, insurance coverage, and awareness. Whoever thought making a baby could be so hard? Luckily, the fertility journey isn't meant to be traveled alone. Eloise Drain has helped hundreds of people build and grow their families over the last 15 years, and she's ready to share her insider knowledge and expertise with you. So grab a seat and let's talk fertility and alternative family building in the Fertility Cafe. Hello, and welcome to today's episode of Fertility Cafe. I'm your host, Eloise Drain. Today, we're talking about all things money when it comes to building your family. The fact is, it's not always easy having a baby. Millions of people struggle with their fertility for a variety of reasons. And while technology and medicine has advanced to make parenthood possible for nearly anyone, it still remains inaccessible to a lot of intended parents because of the cost. As someone who has worked in the field of third-party reproduction for many years, I can tell you that fertility struggles don't discriminate. People from all walks of life, all ages, all races, all ethnicities, all socioeconomic statuses can and do struggle with fertility. And unfortunately, fertility can be a difficult road to navigate. One of the greatest challenges for people who are in need of fertility treatments is finances. Whether you suffer from infertility or in a same-sex relationship and longing to have a child, you'll be faced with the costly expenses of fertility treatments and third-party assisted reproduction. Sadly, the financial aspect alone is what keeps some from becoming parents or having another child. Today, we're going to talk about how much one could expect to pay in various scenarios, potential insurance coverage, and finally, we'll end with some interesting ways you can fund your journey to parenthood. Ready to dive in? Here we go. Let's say you and your partner, or you as a single person, are more than ready to grow your family, but due to some pesky roadblocks, you aren't able to achieve this on your own. Making a baby isn't always easy, and coming to terms with the fact can be disappointing, frustrating, and downright heartbreaking. Fortunately, technology has evolved to a point that almost anyone can safely and effectively pursue third-party reproduction techniques to become a parent. The very unfortunate part, though, is that it can all cost a lot to do this. So once you realize that making a baby isn't going to happen the traditional way, you begin to weigh your options. So once you realize that making a baby isn't going to happen the traditional way, you begin to weigh your options. How about adoption? Could you be happy remaining child-free? What about IVF or surrogacy? After careful consideration, you decide to embark on your own fertility journey in the hopes that you can have a child of your own. After doing some independent research and your fair share of Google searches, you're suddenly learning that navigating the complicated waters of fertility is not only an emotional journey, but it's quite expensive as well. How on earth can you afford this? At this point, some people might give up altogether, thinking there's no way I can find this kind of money and they resign themselves to the idea of experiencing pregnancy and parenthood. And this fact, to me, is nothing short of a tragedy. We as a society possess the technology, the knowledge, the experience to help people create families. It's a sad reality that too often money holds people back from realizing the dreams of becoming parents. Let's start by first defining the different types of fertility treatments that are available to people who need them. I'll try to list them in order of less expensive to more expensive, at least generally speaking. The first type is medication-only treatment. 
In this instance, the patient takes medication that helps stimulate ovulation. Then she would attempt to get pregnant by having intercourse with her male partner. No donor sperm or eggs to pay for, no medical procedures. This is by far the least expensive type of fertility care. Unfortunately, it doesn't work or apply in a lot of situations. The next level, so to speak, of fertility care could involve a minimally invasive procedure called intrauterine insemination, or IUI. This is commonly known as artificial insemination. This is when a doctor uses a very small catheter to insert sperm into the patient's uterus. The sperm could be supplied by the male partner, or it could be donor sperm. In this case, there is the added cost of the procedure and possibly donor material. Of course, this method only works if the intended parent is able to carry a baby. So if they don't have a uterus or they are medically unable to carry, this method won't work. The next layer up is IVF or in vitro fertilization. This is a very common form of treatment and provides possibilities for all types of intended parents. Single men, single women, gay couples, straight couples, IVF can help them all. How much is going to cost comes down to which and how many pieces needed to be outsourced for a lack of better terms. A quick overview of how IVF works. An egg and sperm are joined together in a lab setting to form an embryo. The embryo is then surgically inserted into the uterus of either the intended mother or a surrogate, where it will hopefully implant and result in a successful pregnancy. Each one of these pieces adds to your overall price tag. If you need a donor sperm, donor eggs, donor embryos, or the help of a surrogate, that all adds up. If you require multiple cycles of IVF, the cost will go up. All right, so this is the broad view. Let's dive into some more of the specifics. Fear warning, I am going to be talking numbers, so grab a pen if you want to take some notes. Okay, so let's talk about the average cost of IVF, donor eggs, and surrogacy. But first, a disclaimer. I can't tell you exactly what your particular journey is going to cost because every case is different. As you can tell from the last few minutes of our discussion, there are a ton of different variables that come into play. What I'm giving you today is a set of ballpark figures so you can have a broad understanding of how much fertility care can cost. I also hope that by hearing these numbers, you'll see the importance of widespread insurance coverage and perhaps you'll raise the issue with your employer and your state representatives. Yes, you could say that I have something of an ulterior motive, but a worthy one. To get started with advocacy on this issue, I highly recommend you check out resolve.org and Men Having Babies, both of which are fantastic groups that lobby on behalf of people with fertility needs in the United States. Another one to consider is Fertility Within Reach with Davina Frankhauser. Okay, let's start with IVF, since it's one of the most common forms of fertility care in the United States. While it's much more accessible today in the past, IVF treatment can still be very expensive. A single cycle can cost $15,000 or more, and many people end up going through multiple cycles before achieving a successful pregnancy. This cost estimate doesn't include the medications either. Those can run between $1,500 to $8,000. One study found that the average cost spent out of pocket on IVF is close to $19,000. Again, this is going to vary greatly based on your personal circumstances. IUI, on the other hand, is usually much less expensive, from a few hundred dollars to a few thousand. But remember, this option is less accessible for many intended parents. It really only works if the intended mother is able to carry a pregnancy herself, or actually if you're considering traditional surrogacy. 
Okay, back to IVF for now. The costs I mentioned before, around 15 to 19,000, can go up if you require help from other sources. For example, will you be needing donor eggs, sperm, or embryos? Will you need to attempt multiple IVF cycles before achieving pregnancy? On average, people go through around two to three cycles, so it's probably that you'll have increased cost. Should you need to use donor eggs or sperm in order to create your embryos, that's going to increase your overall cost as well. Sperm donation, since it's a smaller ask in terms of procedure involved, is less expensive for intended parents. It can cost anywhere from 300 up to 4000 depending on a variety of factors. Donor eggs, on the other hand, are quite a bit pricier. These fees can range from 12000 to upwards of 30000 The cost varies depending on if the eggs are frozen or fresh. With both donor sperm and donor eggs, the cost can also vary based on the economics of supply and demand. And then there's surrogacy to discuss. This option weighs in as one of the most expensive. Let's talk about why that is. From a big picture perspective, intended parents who opt for gestational surrogacy are shouldering all of the costs of IVF, including possible donor material or embryos. Add to that the fees paid to the surrogate, attorneys, and agency, well, it all adds up. All told, becoming a parent via surrogacy in the United States at today's cost can be between $110,000 to $200,000. I know, that's a pretty big range. Costs do vary greatly depending on several factors, including your clinic, the type of surrogate you choose to work with, and whether or not you use an agency. Before you panic over those numbers, hear me out as there are some potential ways to cut costs and comfortably fund your journey. It might take some creativity and thinking outside of the box, but your path to parenthood may be more attainable than you think. So why is surrogacy so expensive? Well, it's complicated, high stakes process that has many moving parts. Let's talk about all of those moving parts and their related costs. There are essentially three buckets of expenses when it comes to surrogacy. The preconception expenses, the professional fees and expenses, and the surrogates expenses. Each bucket includes several factors and variables to consider. In the preconception bucket, you have all of some of the same fees any other intended parent would incur for IVF. The expenses in this bucket are all about creating your embryos. This part is especially varied from personal circumstances, the same as we discussed earlier when considering IVF. Will you be using donor eggs, donor sperm, multiple IVF cycles? Each layer can change your particular costs. You can expect at least eight to 13,000 in medical screening costs, medications, and embryo transfer. It's hard to place an exact average number on this bucket because it varies so much based on your circumstances. I know I keep saying that, but you obviously will get the point. It all varies. If you have insurance and depending on whether or not you live in a mandated state, you may have coverage for fees related to in vitro fertilization or at least some of the medications. You can call your insurance company to find out directly. We'll also cover more on insurance later in this episode. Embryo creation and IVF costs are one thing, but there's also the expense of searching for and securing the person who will serve as your surrogate. You may choose to place paid ads in newspapers or on social media to find your surrogate, or you might decide to work with an agency to get matched. So you'll be on the hook for their fees. There are background and credit checks to consider and possibly travel expenses that she ha would have to undergo for medical screening. 
The second bucket is professional fees and expenses. If you do surrogacy the right way, you're going to need a team of qualified professionals to help you along the way. Legal fees can run between $6,500 to $15,000 and in my opinion, are absolutely non-negotiable. Even if you choose to pursue independent surrogacy, which we'll talk about in a bit, you must have qualified legal counsel to help you draft a binding agreement with your surrogate. Also, you need that counsel to ensure you get proper parental rights established in your particular jurisdiction. Another possible expense is the surrogacy agency fees. These can run anywhere from $15,000 to more than $40,000, depending on the level of services offered. Be sure you do your homework before signing on with any agency. Find out what their fees cover and what will be additional out-of-pocket costs. Many agencies offer an all-inclusive type service where those fees also cover things like the legal costs we just talked about. There is also the option to use an agency for just the purpose of helping you match with a surrogate. In those cases, you can expect to pay between $6,000 to $20,000. Of course, you don't have to work with an agency. Many intended parents, especially those who are looking for ways to save on overall costs, choose to pursue independent surrogacy. This type of arrangement tends to work best when you have a known surrogate, meaning you ask a friend, family member, or another person in your personal circle to carry for you. Friends or family members often don't require any compensation beyond the reimbursement of medical expenses. Between this and saving on agency costs, independent surrogacy can be much more affordable. Let's talk about surrogate compensation for a moment. There are basically two types of surrogacy arrangements, compensated or altruistic, also called compassionate. Altruistic or compassionate arrangements are similar to what I just described. In these cases, the surrogate doesn't receive payment. Often though, not always, this is when you already have a relationship with your surrogate. Compensated surrogates, on the other hand, receive a certain level of base compensation in exchange for the time, effort, and sacrifices she will make to carry for you. While of course, no surrogate should enter into the process solely for the money. They do deserve adequate compensation and, of course, reimbursement for all expenses. Becoming a surrogate requires a lot from a person, both mentally and physically. Invasive medical procedures, nine plus months of pregnancy, labor and delivery, and the emotional complexity of carrying a baby that is not her own. Normally, the base compensation for a surrogate varies depending on if she is doing this for the first time or if she's experienced, which means she has successfully carried a surrogacy pregnancy previously. The base is paid to the surrogate in monthly installments over the course of the pregnancy, beginning with the confirmation of heartbeat via ultrasound. If you're working with a compassionate surrogate, your cost here will be greatly reduced or even eliminated altogether. Keep in mind, you are still responsible for reimbursing your compassionate surrogate for all expenses she incurs during the process. Incidental compensation is received as milestones happen. For example, when she begins fertility medications or after the embryo transfer occurs, there's a lot of legwork she'll have to do before base compensation possibly begins. In the event that a pregnancy is never achieved, she is still deserving of compensation for her time and effort in the preconception stage. Other expenses can include things like an allowance for maternity clothes, travel related to pregnancy, lost wages, or childcare services during doctor appointments. 
These expenses vary based on personal circumstances, of course. And while you can do your best to plan for everything, it's smart to have a cushion for unexpected things that can come up. For example, if your surrogate ends up carrying multiples, you should expect to compensate her more for the added risk. If she's required to go on bed rest at any point, the cost of lost wages will be higher. As with all things parenting, it's best to expect the unexpected whenever possible. Yes, surrogacy does cost quite a bit of money, as do most alternative pathways to parenthood. However, it's just not for the ultra-wealthy. Here at Family Inceptions, we've seen families from many different socioeconomic backgrounds successfully become parents via surrogacy. To make it happen, you need to set clear financial expectations and goals and be willing to make some sacrifices. I do believe when it comes to family building, where there's a will, there's a way. Which brings me to the next topic in this episode, how to fund your fertility journey. One of the biggest questions intended parents need answered is, does insurance cover IVF or other fertility care? The answer is, well, maybe. Unfortunately, there's not a clear-cut answer to this as it will vary depending on your employer, your state, and your individual policy. It can really be worth all the legwork and time spent wadding through fine print, though, because if you do have coverage, you can save thousands of dollars. So where do you begin? It's always a good idea to reach out to your insurance provider to see what expenses might be covered, even if you don't think you have coverage. There are actually a few states that require insurance companies to cover IVF treatment. As of April 2021, 19 states have passed fertility insurance coverage laws. 13 of those laws include IVF coverage, and 11 states have fertility preservation laws for infertility caused by medical issues. Some of those states are mandated to cover, meaning fertility care is covered for every policyholder. Others are mandated to offer, which means employers have to offer fertility coverage as an option to their employees, but they don't have to pay for it. I recommend that you visit resolve.org to learn more about the specific laws and regulations about coverage in your state. We'll link that in the show notes for you. I also suggest that you listen on to the next couple of weeks because we will have Jason Smith from International Fertility Insurance to talk about insurance coverage and all of the things that you need to be aware of. Having insurance coverage available to you for fertility care can be a total game changer for many intended parents. Thankfully, it's becoming more common, but we still have a long way to go still. One excellent place to start if you have health insurance through your employer would be with your HR department. Ask them if there is an optional fertility coverage available. If not, ask for it. It might sound like a long shot, but some employers may be receptive to adding something like this as an employee perk during the next round of benefits, especially in the current labor market, which at the time of this recording is really hurting for workers. This has a lot of companies searching for ways to attract quality employees, including extra benefits and increased wages. Even if your regular health insurance won't cover the full IVF treatment, there may still be some coverage that kicks in for certain aspects of your fertility journey. For example, you might find that your plan will pay for the medications, diagnostic tests, or other aspects of the treatment. If you find out that you do have access to specific fertility benefits, that is fantastic news. Your next step will be to get clear on what's covered and what's not. 
some fertility plans are pretty limited. For example, they might require you to have a medical diagnosis of infertility. Obviously, that doesn't help people who are single and wish to have a baby, and it can prevent access for LGBTQ couples as well. Other plans may only cover procedures like IUI or IVF, but not the cost of securing an egg or sperm donor. The most comprehensive plans will also cover things like donor eggs or embryos, egg freezing, and gestational surrogacy. Recently, my agency, Family Inceptions, became a preferred provider with Carrot Fertility. Carrot is a leading global fertility benefits provider for employers, built to support employees through their entire fertility journey. Since its launch in 2016, Carrot has developed a trusted network of vetted specialized partners. I'm proud to say that my agency made the cut. We're so excited for this partnership because it means we'll be able to help more people build their families in a more affordable manner. Fertility coverage is more important today than ever before. The demand for fertility and family building assistance is only going up. The latest statistics show that approximately one in eight American couples are affected by infertility. Single individuals and LGBTQ couples also require family building assistance through third-party reproduction, further adding to the need for more benefits like those provided by Carrot Fertility. Of course, there are other companies that offer coverage, but Carrot Fertility is unique because it not only provides important infertility benefits, it also covers the cost of adoption and surrogacy arrangements. If you end up working with a surrogate, you can even ask your agency to help you find someone who has her own insurance coverage. This can feel a little like looking for a needle in a haystack since more and more policies are adding specific surrogacy exclusions, but some plans do allow for it. And recently, Nevada became the first state in the country to require coverage for women who choose to become surrogates. This can be a huge cost saver for intended parents. It means you won't have to purchase an extra policy for your carrier and that you can save thousands. No matter which route you go with fertility care, it's worth repeating that it's always a good idea to run things through your insurance no matter what. You might think blood tests and medical screenings aren't covered, but sometimes they actually are. Some of the medications that are used for fertility treatments are also used for other ailments and might just be covered or at least half covered. It's definitely worth trying. Another real quick scenario as well, or something to actually consider, is if you have insurance, maybe your insurance doesn't cover much for fertility or it doesn't cover anything for fertility, consider going through and completing some of your tests that you might need through your own doctor, perhaps through your own gynecologist, or even going to see a urologist outside of the fertility clinic. You can ask the fertility clinic, what tests do you need that can actually be done by your doctor's office, get those tests done there so that they can process it through your insurance and then take those results and then bring them back to your fertility clinic. Some fertility clinics are open to doing that and some are not. You just have to ask. Okay, how to pay without insurance. So even if it turns out you don't have any fertility coverage, there is still a number of ways to reduce your cost of IVF treatment and or surrogacy. 
Start by considering costs when initially choosing which IVF clinic you'll be using, because prices can vary dramatically between clinics. It might be worth checking out a number of clinics that are within a few hours drive. By doing so, you could potentially save a few thousand dollars in treatment costs alone. If you're able, you might ask your clinic if they offer a discount for paying in cash. Sometimes you can save up to 30% at clinics when they don't process insurance and you pay with cash instead. It never hurts to ask. Ask about any special financing or other cost-saving programs the clinic might offer. Be wary of anything that sounds, though, too good to be true. There are a lot less than reputable cheap IVF offers out there. Most of the time, once you do a little digging, you find that the advertised prices leave out a lot of important and necessary costs, like the medications, for example. It's also likely these cheap clinics have skimped on other things, like hiring quality staff or using outdated equipment. Each time a corner is cut like that, your chances of a successful cycle go down, making it more likely you'll need to pay for multiple cycles, costing more in the long run. Just be sure to do your digging and trust your gut if something feels off. Another place you can find cost savings is to shop around for fertility medications at multiple pharmacies. Pricing for medications used for IVF can vary greatly at different pharmacies. For intended parents without insurance, it's typically wise to steer clear of mainstream pharmacies like Rite Aid, CVS, or Walgreens. Not everyone knows this, but there are specialized fertility pharmacies that buy their medicine in bulk, which allows them to sell prescriptions at cheaper rates. You can also shop around with different online pharmacies to hunt down lower prices. Another avenue to explore, do you know if you or your spouse's employer offers a flexible spending account or FSA or a health savings account, an HSA? If you're not sure, this is something you'll definitely want to look into. A flexible spending account or FSA allows you to set aside pre-tax dollars to pay for eligible medical expenses during the plan year. Health savings accounts, or HSA, are for people who have a high deductible insurance plan. These let you pay for qualified out-of-pocket medical expenses using pre-tax dollars. HSA funds are different because they actually belong to the individual, not the employer or the insurance company, and they travel with the individual. It's not a use it or lose it situation like it is with FSAs. Costs associated with fertility care can often be used to pay for fertility care. Depending on your tax bracket, you might even be able to deduct IVF and other related expenses from your taxes. Consult a tax professional and the IRS website for exact details, but be sure to keep receipts for all medical expenses related to surrogacy. It might surprise you how quickly the deductions add up come tax season. Quick side note. Unfortunately, the expenses that you pay for your surrogate, her compensation, her medical care, her treatments, so on and so forth, or even donor eggs, or specifically if you're working with a fresh donor cycle, unfortunately, often those are not able to be placed on your taxes for tax season. But again, check with your tax professional. 
Another great option to consider is a patient assistance program. These are designed to provide income-eligible patients with savings on fertility medications. Those who show financial need and have a valid prescription may qualify for 50 to 75% off the self-pay price of fertility medications or money off each prescription after completing a mail-in rebate. Eligible patients can use the program for more than one cycle each year. These are various discount medication programs available for patients, including intended parents, and the savings and details vary according to each program. It's certainly something worth checking into. After you've done your research and taken advantage of any and all discounts you're eligible for, you'll be ready to tackle actually funding the remaining expenses. Many people don't have the funds on hand, readily available to pay for their fertility journey, and that's okay. There are options out there to help you come up with the funds. You can still move forward without having a large pile of cash in the bank. So let's discuss a few options for you. To put it in somewhat blunt terms, you have two paths you can pursue in financing the rest of your journey with or without acquiring new debt. Each method has its pros and cons. For many people, the quickest route is going to be securing some sort of line of credit. Some individuals will reach out to their local home lender and see if they're able to take out a home equity line. This way, you'll have a fixed rate and you'll be able to make manageable payments. Others might use personal lines of credit, credit cards, or 401k loans to come up with the money needed. Each option comes with its own risk and potential drawbacks, so be sure to weigh your options carefully and seek financial advice from a professional. There are even particular fertility loan programs out there that are specifically catered to people who need help funding IVF or surrogacy. The advantage to working with one of these companies is that they often, but not always, offer lower interest rates than, say, a personal loan you get through your bank. Shopping for a fertility loan is a lot like shopping for any other loan. You'll want to look into things like what interests, interest rates they offer, if the rates are fixed or variable, or what kind of fees are involved. And as with other loans, it helps to have a good credit score. Definitely consult with a financial professional before you take the leap with any loans. What about some options that don't include taking out loans or lines of credit? Let's talk about it. First, evaluate what kind of cash you have on hand. Can you sell some investments, dip into your savings, or approach a family member about helping you out? If you really tighten up your budget, how much could you save each month toward your fertility journey? Many intended parents spend several months on strict budgets so they can pile up a good amount of cash. Cut cable, bust out the ramen noodles, and save all your pennies. Others will temporarily get a second job or start a side hustle to help boost their savings. It can feel daunting, I know. Plenty of people who have made it happen, but it definitely takes patience, it takes time, and it takes work. Something else that can help you fund your fertility care? Applying for grants and scholarships. There are some amazing programs out there that provide grants and scholarships to help offset the expenses that come with undergoing fertility treatments. These can range anywhere from $500 to $50,000. Each program does have specific requirements that must be met, and you have to be chosen from among many applicants. While these are not as easy to secure and would take some time and effort to apply, it is certainly worth taking the time to pursue. We'll post a link to Resolve.org's page on grants and scholarships in the show notes as well as from Fertility IQ, so be sure to look these over. 
When it comes to funding fertility, every little bit helps. As you're looking over the opportunities, be sure to note any special requirements or circumstances that might apply to your story. For example, there are specific grants and scholarships for cancer survivors, military veterans, Jewish families, gay men, specific ethnicities may have scholarships. There are many locations and clinic-specific loans. For example, there are programs specific to people who live within 100 miles of Nashville, another for people living in Central Texas. And the state of New York distributes $1 million each year to residents who demonstrate need and earn less than $195,000 per year. To find some of these more specific grants and scholarships, definitely ask your local clinic. It also doesn't hurt to ask around in local infertility support groups you might be a part of. We'll also link a number of these grants and scholarships in our show notes. Another great option is to get creative and have some fun doing a bit of fundraising. As difficult as it can be, opening up about your journey to parenthood can be a tremendous help. You might be surprised at the number of compassionate and generous people who would love the opportunity to help you out. We've seen parents raise thousands of dollars with creative ideas, such as hosting fundraising events like dinners, raffles, car washes or benefit concerts, holding garage sales, selling items on Craigslist, Facebook, Marketplace, or eBay, setting up a GoFundMe or a You Caring campaign. It can be fun to think outside of the box when it comes to fundraising. I've known people who work with local restaurants to host a fundraising night. A portion of the restaurant's proceeds get donated to a worthwhile cause. In this case, you and your fertility journey. My best advice, if you are looking for ways to crowdsource some of the funding you need, is to get vocal about your story. Share on social media. Contact local news outlets if you feel comfortable doing so. As I said before, you might be pleasantly surprised with offers of help and donations you never expected. I've heard of intended parents connecting with friends and family members, and once they started sharing their stories, there was an outpour of help from people they know. As I said when we started this episode, I believe that when it comes to building your family, where there's a will, there's always a way. Will it be easy? Not likely. But is anything that's truly worth having ever that easy? There are accessible ways to fund your fertility journey. Though it may take a lot of digging, sacrifice, and patience to make it happen, but there is. Do your research. Shop around and be bold when you ask for discounts, special programs, or help from family and friends. I wish you the best of luck on your fertility journey. And as always, my team here at Family Inceptions is always on hand to answer questions and discuss your options. We also have surrogacy roadmap so that if you do decide to do independent surrogacy and need assistance and guidance on how exactly to have a successful journey, Check us out. Surrogacy Roadmap will help families that are doing independent surrogacy and tell you exactly what you need to do, how you need to do it, and the guidance along the way. I hope you found this discussion helpful as you weigh your next steps. We would love for you to rate us. So if you haven't yet, go to your listening platform of choice and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Five-star reviews are our favorites. You can follow Fertility Cafe on its Instagram and Facebook channel, Family Inceptions. We'd also love for you to share Fertility Cafe with friends and family members who would benefit from the information shared. 
Join us next week for another conversation on modern family building. Thank you so much for joining me today. Remember, love has no limits. Neither should parenthood. Thank you for joining us in the Fertility Cafe. Whether you're an intended parent, a woman considering egg donation, thinking of becoming a surrogate yourself, or a friend or family member of someone dealing with infertility, we're here to help. Visit our website, thefertilitycafe.com, for resources on fertility, alternative family building, and making this journey your own.